listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, let's go ahead and get into a wide receiver rankings. Let's do it. Let's do yep. it. I think we got a lot of news in. Justin Jefferson at number one, of Any course. Any <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly. No questions there. Stefan Diggs at number two. This was easy now. They're playing in Detroit. Uh, points happen to be scored in Detroit. So, like, yeah. you know, hopefully they get some of that, you know, some of that that that, that special juice in, in Detroit. And, like, it, this is a high-scoring game. And, you yeah. know, this is a decent matchup for Diggs. So, um, I love it. I'm going to say Brown. I have him at three here against the Giants. Um, you know, we saw the massive target share over the past couple of weeks. There's a touchdown waiting to happen. Two touchdowns waiting to happen. He's he's due. Um, and it's yeah. going to happen. You know, we have a couple, you know, injuries and, and buys and stuff. So, like, we're going to – this is an interesting one. He's at three. Um, I have A.J. Brown at number four and then C.D. Lamb at five. And the reason why – and I love C.D. Lamb this week, by the way. Like, against too. Minnesota, Yeah, you know, that slot – you know, he runs most of his routes out of the slot. Minnesota slot defense is one of the worst in the NFL. So he has a chance to go off once again. And I'm hoping, and you know, Minnesota, you know, also has a good chance, even though Dallas' defense is pretty good. This is this game is in Minnesota. Is a good chance they can put up some points, you know, despite them going up against a tough offense. So this might be a high scoring game. And I, I'm loving CD this week. I think it's absolutely going to be a high scoring game. And I can talk about, you know, Cowboys. Don't take it because I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm talking highly of these offenses, but I think it's going to be a really high scoring game. Um, I would maybe put CD Lame over AJ Brown with his injury situation. I'm not sure what that's going to be, if it's going to hold him back at all. But um, yeah. I would maybe put CD Lame up there. And it would be close for Amon Ross St. Brown. But, you know, Dallas does have, you know, other weapons, obviously, in their offense. That's, that's, that's what it is for me, too. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, we saw a game where where Dak, you know, gave CD that huge target share, but will it go back to like a little bit more distribution? Yeah, we hadn't up until last week seen Dak dial in on CD Lamb like that, you know, yeah. in his career. Um, so we love to see that. I think that can continue, and I'd love to see it continue. Not just as a Cowboys fan, but as a fantasy football player, you know, that's what you want to see. But um, you know, they still have Zeke. They still have Zeke's gonna be coming back, so that's one thing. They might go more towards the ground tech. Tony Pollard's gonna be there. Michael Gallup, he, he gets targeted a lot. And Dalton Schultz, you know, he doesn't exactly. do much with it when he catches it. But, you know, he gets targets really reliably when Dak Prescott's playing. So yep. that's what it is for me. I think C.D. Lamb has a higher ceiling than A.J. Brown this week just because of the matchup. And like I said, A.J. Brown is a little bit dinged up. Um, A.J. Brown's going to do his thing regardless as long as he's playing. Um, but I, I think C.D. Lamb would be in consideration you know to the be reason why i have higher. aj the reason why i have aj brown at four is because of the dallas goddard injury and i just think yeah. that rest of season now the, the targets are going to be so dialed in to aj brown that you know he's going to potentially go off rest of season and yeah. uh but yeah no i think you bring up a good point with him with that ankle you know being you know a little bit banged up but i think you know once once you're in the game once once that you know adrenaline kicks in especially yeah. if it's just a low ankle sprain he's gonna be fine he's a beast yeah. uh but yeah no i could totally see ranking cd at four and aj at five um you're obviously starting both um yeah. now Devonta <laughs> adams is at six and deandre hopkins is at seven and the reason for that is because these are two tough matchups um oh, yeah. Adams, you know, going up against Denver, they're one of the best uh, defenses against the pass, against wide receivers. They don't let wide receivers have great games. Um, so, you know, obviously you're still starting him, and he can still have a good game because he's De Devontae Adams. Yeah. So you're not sitting him or anything like that. You know, for all the all, all the newbies for fantasy football, you know, if you're listening, you know, you're like, well, should I sit him? No. No. We, we don't do that. You start your studs. Okay, this is just uh, – 
for any, any new people, you know, listen to the show, get into fantasy football for the first time. But Devonta Adams, you know, tough matchup, but you're playing him regardless. Yeah. Um, and then DeAndre Hopkins, you know, on that left side is where he lines up most of the time, almost all the time. And San Francisco has been absolutely stout on that side, not giving up any fantasy points on that side. So tough matchup for Hopkins, but you're still starting him. Yeah. Devonta Adams, I hate the matchup, especially the way Derek Carr plays. I think that he could get flustered by his defense pretty easily. I don't know if Pat Sertan is going to shadow Devontae Adams. He's certainly capable of doing that, and that could make it a tough outing um, where you know we're not going to see the extreme upside that Devontae Adams has this week. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Um, I think that he's rank, his ranking at six is justified behind guys like CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown. But um, DeAndre Hopkins, he could be without Kyler Murray still this week. So that's kind of, I think it makes sense to have him at seven. I'm pumping the brakes on him, especially if, uh, you know, it's Colt McCoy going against San Francisco or worse, Trace McSorley. And not to, you know, take a dump on Trace McSorley, but I I just think that, you know, with a third string quarterback against a good San Francisco defense, DeAndre Hopkins could have uh, his first quiet outing of the season. Terry McLaurin, I have been eight. You were surprised by that one. Yes. What's up, Jordan? Surprised. What's up, Elias? I'm just I'm just saying what's up to people in the chat here. Um, <laughs> Terry McLaurin, you know, you were surprised about that one. And, yeah. you know, just this is really just based on, you know, these other receivers behind him and the fact that he has been hyper targeted over the last couple of weeks, man. Like it's it's no joke. It, he his target share has gone up uh, each of the last four weeks. You know, as long as Taylor Heineke is the quarterback. He is being targeted, and he's been having good games. Three of his last four games, he's been balling. Um, so, and and this matchup too, like against Houston, uh, you know, I think that there's nobody in this secondary who's really going to be able to stop Terry. So I, I'm I'm all about him in this matchup. Uh, yeah, I guess you could you know point towards the matchup and say that Terry McLaurin could have a good day. He could. Um, Derek Stingley would be the only guy in Houston secondary that I would think, okay, maybe could give him some trouble. But he's allowed a lot of yards. He hasn't allowed. He has. He, he's likely going to shadow him. And he's yeah. been giving up a ton of fantasy points per route run against them. So I'm 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 not worried about the matchup. The I'm hoping for a shadow. For me, with Derek Stanley, the interesting statistic is, you know, he allows a lot of yards, but he hasn't allowed a touchdown yet. Right. Over 300 coverage snaps. So I'm not saying that, you know, Terry McClellan, well, you can't put him down for a touchdown. He's not going to score. You know, I don't think... Especially what he did, given what he did to Darius Slay last week. Yeah, it's not going to be an absolute shadow, even if it is something like that with Derek Stingley. You know, they're going to have to move guys around because Jahan Dotson, you know, he's going to be playing, I think, right? He he came back quietly last week, but he's, yeah. he's a talented receiver. And Curtis Samuel's going to be there too, right? Or is he still questionable? No, um, even if he is there, Curtis Samuel has gotten like a couple targets a game, you know, right. over the last, ever since Heineke has become quarterback, he's only got had a few targets per game. Right. So that that makes sense. I guess you could have him ranked a little bit higher, but I, I just think maybe it's just the weirdness of the week. Having Terry McLaurin at eight feels wrong. Especially <laughs> it is over, weird. It especially is weird, over guys like for me, T. Higgins, Chris Olave. I, I kind of like them more just for their floor. Cause if this Washington offense, you know, if it goes ground heavy, which it very well may against the Houston defense, it's terrible against the run. Um, yeah. you know, that might help Terry McLaurin's touchdown op- like chances. But if if he doesn't cash in that way, you know it, it could be a quiet day. Uh, Terry McLaurin's much better off now than he was a couple of weeks ago. I'm not saying that you can't rank him higher. Um, eight just feels a little high for me. Like I said, over T. It Higgins, does. Chris like Olave. like the number looks high. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would I would I I agree. And you know the thing with T. Higgins too, it's like I love T. Higgins, but he hasn't gotten the target share that I was hoping that he would get. You know, without Jamar Chase, right? And you know, 
he does have a great he has he I think T Higgins has a good matchup this week too. So I could totally see playing T Higgins over McLaurin, probably more uh reliable, you know, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm playing Chris Olave over McLaurin. You know, I think Chris Olave, you know, he's been he's a very solid receiver. He's been getting it done, but he hasn't shown the upside uh in a while. So I yeah, don't think I can play him over McLaurin. <laughs> he's had right? a floor. Yeah, he's had a floor. He's had a floor. I, for, I forget. I think it was on the um Fantasy Football Today podcast. They talked about it. he just had his first um, single digit performance since week whatever one two. Right. You know, up until then he had a really nice double digit fantasy floor. And you know, I, maybe the maybe we're running out of juice. Maybe the gas tank on Andy Dalton. You know, it's running on fumes. <laughs> That's um, what it seems I, like. Yeah. He's playing. Maybe one more bad outing. I feel like we're going to see James Winston, or maybe even even a bad half. You know, maybe we see James Winston come in. I don't even know if we're going to see game. James Winston, man, because apparently he's not healthy. Like, why would? Why would How is he coach, not healthy? He's been riding the bench. <laughs> I, I I I I agree with you, but why would his coach say that he's not healthy and he he's not sure if he'll be healthy all year long? He, like he just said that this week. That was part of the reasoning why they're going with Andy Dalton this week. So like, if they pull Andy Dalton at halftime and they bring James Winston in, like, what are you talking about? Like, are you why are you talking about James Winston's health as being a factor? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, if you're gonna pull him at the half, like you might as well make, may, might as well have made that decision before. But yeah. This head coach is making some interesting moves. Like he's a, you know, if you if you ask Saints fans, they're not too happy with their head no. coach right now. No, um, but yeah, yeah, with with Chris Olave, you know, he had a nice floor. It just seems like he looked quarterback proof for a lot of weeks, and you know, maybe it's just a bad week. I'm only giving the benefit of the doubt the way he's been playing. You know, he's obviously talented. The quarterback situation just is not ideal. But having Jarvis Landry back in the lineup seems to have influenced the way the targets are distributed. A little bit more well, than I would have liked. Look at his fantasy outings over his past four weeks, right? Yeah. 17 points against Arizona, 10.2 against Vegas, 13.1 against Baltimore, seven last week against Pittsburgh. You know. In what was a pretty the, good matchup against Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I don't, you know, for me, it's like, I'm going to play McLaurin over him for sure. You know, because I, he has a much higher upside and he's outscored him in three or four of those games. All right. So, I, I see where um, you're coming from. I'm not... Yeah. I, <laughs> beat, I personally, dead horse here. I personally, like I said, don't agree. But who, who would you, you go with? Who, would you go with Olave or McLaurin? I would put Olave. I, I think. Okay. My how receivers, these, I said I would put over him. I think I said it would be. How, how about these other guys here between eleven and twenty? Any of these other? We, we're showing eleven through twenty nine. Any of these other guys that you see would you would play over him? Amari McLaurin Cooper this week. Yeah, Amari Cooper. I want to roll Cooper, the dice. Who I have way down. Yes, at I see. 20. He's at twenty. I want to roll the dice and say that you know neutral site. Maybe we see a, a pretty good margin. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be in six feet of snow, thank God. Um, it's going to be, you know, ideal conditions for, for for football. I think that even though it's a tough matchup, if, if they're going to be throwing the ball, it's going to be going to Mark Cooper. So I think yeah. that he he could have a day similar, at least similar to Terry McLaurin. I have a Devontae Smith at number 11 here, uh, but I'm actually going to switch it. I'm going to play Rondo more over Devontae Smith this week, especially in full PPR. Um, yeah. Devontae Smith has also been... Uh, like a, a a low depth of target guy lately. Um, you know, we've seen games where he's been targeted downfield, but it doesn't happen too often. Uh, but now with Dallas Goddard out, you got to upgrade Devontae Smith. But San Francisco has been one of the worst teams against slot wide receivers. So I'm going to go Rondell more over Devontae Smith there. Yeah, um, and I, then I, I have Jacoby, Jacoby Myers against the Jets, who also have a vulnerable slot defense. The last time these guys played each other, Jacoby Myers went off. Yeah. And Jacoby Myers, like I said, I don't think his name value equates to what he's given fantasy uh, managers this season. He's been very good. 
Um, he doesn't really leave you out to dry. He had a quiet week going into the bye, I think. I forget what exactly what his output was. But um, prior to that, he was averaging a, a really healthy amount. I think it was like 15 points a game. So for a guy that was going undrafted, I know because I picked him up in the last round of my draft. Um, he, he's returned really well. And he's actually a fantasy-relevant wide receiver um, yeah. on the Patriots offense that I didn't think – I didn't really think that was possible, especially with them <laughs> picking up Devontae Parker. Uh, I thought that he had that one big game, Devontae Parker did, but I didn't think it might have been, it was really possible to have that, uh, you know, clear wide receiver one. That's Jacoby Myers. Amari Cooper does look really low. Yeah. Alias is, is saying, wow. Amari Cooper does look low. I have yeah, him at but, 20 here, which is probably low. So yeah. I would, I, I, I'm with you guys. I think, you know, I was a little too hungover this morning. Um, <laughs> so Amari Cooper probably needs to be higher. Uh, yeah. But here, the guys that I would play over over Amari Cooper, I would play Rondell Moore over Amari Cooper. Yeah, uh, I would play Jacoby Myers this week over Amari Cooper. That's um, like I had line. Yeah, Alan Lazard uh, should not be here at number fourteen. That that was that was locked in. I'm not sure. I should have moved that. I did not want him at fourteen. I don't know why he's here. I don't know what happened, but the but Alan Lazard, I would have had him under Christian Watson, right behind Kadarius Tony. That's where I would have had him. Uh, I'm not sure why he's showing up at number 14 there. But Brandon Ayuk at number 15, I have him ranked over Debo. You know, because like yeah. at the end of the day, you know Brandon Ayuk is playing wide receiver, and Debo Samuel is being forced to play wide receiver. And right now, Ayuk is being favored by Jimmy, and he's the one who's getting getting it done, and he's the one who's averaging more fantasy points per game at this point. Yeah, and it was a really bad drop in the end zone. I don't know if you watched the yeah, game last I week. I saw that. Yep. He could have had a much bigger day. Um, he, granted, it was just one touchdown catch, but you know that would have made a big difference in terms of you know his stat line, what it looks like, because he's been on a tear recently, and he kind of cooled down. But the target share has been there. He's getting you know pretty much the targets, the lead, uh, the lion's share of targets in this offense. And I, I didn't really think that was possible. I thought Debo Samuel, you know, coming back, he he he'd be playing and getting the targets that he's supposed to. But I don't have a problem with it either. Brandon Ayuk's doing his thing. Um, you can't really trust either of these guys to have like wide receiver one upside um, at this point. You know, Debo Samuel has kind of fallen out of that, I think, at this point. And Brandon Ayuk, just because of Debo Samuel and George Kittle in this offense, and Christian McCaffrey now and Elijah Mitchell, you know, they they have a bunch of weapons. None of these guys are going to be, you know, perfectly reliable week to week, but any yeah. of them can have a good day, you know, for you. Uh, any, I, any given week. I agree. I agree. T- Tyler Boyd, too, like, you know, I'm playing him as a wide receiver, too, over Amari Cooper. Uh, because of the fact that there's no Jamar Chase, and I think that these guys are going to get their targets, especially against Pittsburgh, who have been who has been very vulnerable against slot wide receivers as well. Yeah. Um, looking at it right now, uh, Pittsburgh has given up the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. Uh, so I really like Tyler Boyd in this matchup. So yeah, I'm playing him over. I love how like we're just comparing everyone to Amari Cooper at this point. Yeah, uh, playing him <laughs> against. Um, I got- might I might play Amari over Debo. Yeah, we got to find Amari a home for Amari Cooper in these rankings. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. We got to move Alan Lazard out of this top 20. I think Omar, uh, Alan Lazard, actually, no, I would have put him at like maybe like 18 or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. You guys figure it out. Uh, <laughs> Amari Cooper over Debo, under Tyler Boyd, and Cortland Sutton. Who are you playing, Cortland Sutton or Amari Cooper without Jerry Judy? That's so tough. I mean, I would have to go. I think I would go with Amari Cooper, and it's close. I think they'd be back-to-back for my rankings. Got it. Okay, they, they so here we back, go. Back. They're very close. This is what we're doing. We uh, so for, for everyone, so everyone, everyone who's listening to the podcast, they have no idea what the hell is going on right now. They're just yeah. like, yo, what? What are your rankings? I don't know. Um, so let's do this. 
we have I'll go through the top ten real quick again for everybody listening. Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Amara St. Brown, AJ Brown, CeeDee Lamb. That's the top five. Devonta Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, T. Higgins, Chris Olave. That's the says six through ten right there. At number eleven, we're gonna have Rondell Moore. Okay. Right. At number twelve, we're gonna have Jacoby Myers. At number thirteen, we're going to have Amari Cooper. At number fourteen, right. we're gonna have like Brandon Ayuk. Then we're gonna have at sixteen Tyler Boyd, followed by Debo Samuel, followed by Cortland Sutton, followed by Michael Pittman. Sounds good. Okay. All right. What about my, what about Cortland Sutton though? I, I I ask you that again. So like, how you look? How are you feeling about Cortland Sutton this week? Um, you know, obviously, you know, we talked about him a little bit earlier, but do you think a like you'll be playing him as a top twenty wide receiver and expecting that? Like, are, are you playing him with confidence this week? without Jerry Judy and a couple of other injuries to that Broncos wide receiver core? Um, would I be playing him with confidence? I feel like you have to at this point. There's nobody else in that offense. I mean, Greg Dulcich, you know, you could say is, you know, a competitor for targets, but he he kind of cooled off last week. The ball has yeah, to go to somebody. And, yeah, and the, Ra- the Raiders' defense is not very good. We've seen them give yeah. up a lot of points. Um, this could be the type of game that the Broncos need to kind of get the, Bron- the, you know, the offense back on track. It hasn't been on track all season, but – Cortland Sutton, he's a good receiver. It's just with Jerry Judy there, he wasn't getting the opportunity. Now um, he's in line for more opportunity. I think he can get back. He can get back to having that safe floor that he had earlier this season. Um, would I be starting him as a top twenty? No. With confidence, I would start him with confidence that he can, you know, perform admirably. I think top twenty-four. He's a low end wide receiver too for me. That's that's right. That's how I would start him. I, I hear that. Um, and I, maybe, you know, I have Paris Campbell too low, right? I have Paris Campbell at 21. Who are you starting, who are you starting uh, between Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell? I love Michael Pittman, but I think I would have to start Paris Campbell the way things have been going. Ooh, With Matt Ryan at quarterback, like Matt Ryan has shown a little favoritism, you know, towards Paris Campbell over Michael Pittman. So Paris Campbell has been just doing more with yeah. it. Um, you know, both of these guys had a high target share last week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they had the same number of targets. Uh, they both had nine targets last week for 33% target share. Paris Campbell just ended up doing more with it, you know, scoring the touchdown. He's been the one scoring touchdowns lately. Um, I, I like Michael Pittman, but yeah, Paris Campbell not seeing the shadow coverage maybe out of the slot, maybe that's where you want to go. So I, I yeah. can see playing Paris Campbell over Michael Pittman at this point, especially given how he's been performing. Um, this is where I would have had Christian Watson at 22 here. He obviously did his thing last night. Kadarius, Tony, I have him at 23. Um, I think you could play him, and he's one of the most exciting starts. Like, if you have him in your lineup this week, like, you'd like, you're, you're like you know, you're rubbing your hands. You're like, you can't wait to see what he's going to do this yeah. week, right, without Juju, <laughs> without Nicole Hardman. And, you know, it, it's exciting. You know, like, I, I know I'm excited to, to, to watch him play um, in an expanded role. I would expect his snaps to go up. This week uh, against the Chargers in a good matchup. Yeah, I think Kadarius Tony is going to have a huge game, and that's just because not just because of the injuries, but also because you know I feel like this has been coming for him as since he joined the Chiefs. I feel like you know at some point he's got to work his way in this offense for majority of the snaps. He's going to get a good number of snaps, much more than he got the past two weeks. This is a pretty bad Chargers defense. You know, it's pretty bad. So I, I think that they can they can get things done with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. It's always high scoring. Um, if Kadarius Tony doesn't score a touchdown, I think I would be disappointed. 
Uh, we got Darnell Mooney here at number 24 against Atlanta. Uh, guys, like, if, if, you know, if you're, if you like to bet player props, like, bet, bet the over on Darnell Mooney. Like, I think his player prop is at like 43 and a half. Uh, so, yeah. so, yeah, go for that against Atlanta. Atlanta's been one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. Uh, Darnell Mooney should get it done. You know, he doesn't have the ceiling that a lot of these other wide receivers have just because the way the offense operates. But, you know, he'll probably give you a, a pretty solid floor this week. And, you know, I have Gabe Davis right right behind him. And, like, he's literally the opposite player. Like, he's yeah. only ceiling. Uh, what was pretty encouraging, though, like last week, he saw a bunch of targets. He, you know, he had a bunch of production. And that target share, you know, over the last couple of weeks has started to go up a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. If I'm not mistaken, did he not have? Did he have ten targets last week? Gabriel that, Davis, uh, nine nine catchable targets, twenty three percent target share, uh, which is solid. And I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had uh, double digit targets. So uh, yeah, okay, no, it was just one week. I thought it was two. So it's only one week where he ended up seeing the targets. And the week before that, actually, yeah, in week eight and week ten. He had a high target share. So in week yeah. eight, he had 30% target share. Uh, and then in week 10, he had 23% target share. So that's pretty good. That's what you yeah. want to see. Um, you know, if you have Gabe Davis, because now he maybe he can become a little bit more reliable and not just dependent on that big play. Yeah, things are trending in the right direction in terms of target share for Gabe Davis. Much better than they looked, you know, at the beginning of the season, uh, where he wasn't getting many targets at all. Um he has two straight matchups. The Bills, I think it's funny. You know, they got relocated to Detroit, and then they're going to go back to Detroit on Thursday. They should um, just stay there. For the Thanksgiving game. You know what I'm saying? Can they just stay there? Like <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it would be dumb to fly them back and forth, but uh, maybe they have plans. Especially with home. the weather. Like, is the weather, yeah. like, are they even going to be able to fly back into Buffalo it's on true. Sunday? Yeah. You know, so like, the, I don't know if that's going to be possible. Th- this game will be like the tune-up for hopefully Thanksgiving Day. Oh, by the way, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you. The Bills are having a hard time leaving Buffalo right now. Yeah, well, you figure. I think didn't they say that they're pre- predicting like not predicting, but you know they they're were calling supposed for, like, to leave. Like they, he, they, a lot of people were saying like, oh, you should have left already. But yeah. now the Bills are having a tough time even leaving. Uh, they have to drive down the highway. <laughs> they even even dr- they can't drive right now. They should have drove because if you if you can actually go from Buffalo to Detroit in four hours if you go through Canada. Yeah, like if you, I if saw you that. Through, yep. Yeah, four hours. It's a four-hour drive. So, but the fact that, like, so Josina Anderson three hours ago, she tweeted out. Uh, she had a league source on the Bills. This is a major impact. There's currently a travel ban. Still waiting on he, uh, to hear on timing of today's Zoom meeting. Snow, snow is coming down hard right now. I don't know what the contingency is if everyone can't make it to the airport or we can't fly out. So, not really sure what they're doing. I'm not sure if there's going to be an update <laughs> after that. You can't fly in, so the Browns obviously aren't going there. Um, the Bills can't get out. You, there's got to be a window, right? I know that well, the, the, this lake effect snow is a different animal than what we see. But, I know. Um, I, Bills, I'm not sure. The Bills beat reporter Sal Capaccio, who I talked to on the on the on Bills Radio last week, uh, he's going to be on Pat McAfee's show at one o'clock, and he's going to probably get put put some more details out there in terms of what they're going to do. Um, right. So, you know, if you're worried about this Bills game, you might want to tune in to Pat McAfee right after this. Um, It's not even possible. Like, they can't even move the game because they have that Thursday game in Detroit. They they, they they ruled that out before they even decided to move the game. They said, we can't move the time. I mean, maybe you can move the time of day, but you can't move the day of the game. 
it's not going to move up and you can't move it back. Like this, this is pretty tough, you know, logistically. Um, we're, I hope the game goes on. It should. We'll see. I, we'll see. I don't, I don't see a situation a where they don't get out. I feel like there's got to be a window at some point where they can get out, but you never know. They were calling <laughs> for like, like, go ahead. I just see like a Game of Thrones like type of situation. Like, the, like what I just pictured in my head was like all the players just walk. Like just walk <laughs> to a yeah. neutral site. Like just walk towards the border and like, you know, who are they playing at Cleveland, right? And like yeah. Cleveland will just like walk towards Buffalo and they're just like just walk. Just meet in the middle. Just meet in the middle somewhere and like just play on the field. That's what yeah. you got to do. That's what Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, White Walker style. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, DJ Moore. I, I have him at twenty six, but we have Mike Williams at twenty seven, Keenan Allen at twenty eight. I'm I'm thinking with you, Zach. I think I'm playing both these guys over DJ Moore. Yeah. Baker Mayfield against Baltimore. Mm. No, I don't like that recipe. Let's just remove DJ Moore from the rankings. Just bunch him. Yeah. <laughs> Should we do that? He, he, he or, might... Are we just benching DJ Moore this week? Straight he up. Might, he. There's a the, there's so many guys that play over him. He feels like he's just a bench at this point, you know. Like bench. You there's a better <laughs> <laughs> the bench. hard B that the hard B that was him hitting the bench. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, so that sounds good. So it's nothing, like nothing personal, quiet. nothing personal. DJ Moore, he's just in a terrible situation. That's we're not talking shit about her. you. We're just talking shit about your quarterback. Yeah, and this just the situation in general. It's a tough matchup against Baltimore. They're gonna get smoked. Deontay Johnson against Cincinnati. Uh, have him at 29 here. Solid PPR floor, but hasn't shown any sort of upside at all. And then Donovan Peoples-Jones against Buffalo. You playing Donovan Peoples-Jones or Deontay Johnson? Peoples-Jones, Peoples right? Jones. Yep. Yeah, Which I is think weird. you're right. Mm. So Switch, weird, switch that. Yeah. So weird. All right. Not Peoples-Jones yeah. at 30. At uh, 29, I'm sorry. And then Deontay at 30. Yeah, it looks weird. The, just looking at the ranking graphic that we have already looks weird. Now we're moving it around. Like you want to talk We about should compare music? this to week one. And like see, or the week, or week, or week like three, or the amount know, of players that we're missing, we'll or consider- just like just how different it looks. Yeah, well, consider okay. So the Dolphins are on by, the Seahawks are on by. That's four receivers right there that are usually in the top twenty. You know, DK Metcalf, yes. Tyler Lockett, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Um, yep. Who else is on by? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They're gone. Yep. Two mainstays from there. Jamar Chase is out. You know, he's been out for a little bit, but you know, we can still count him. We can lump him in with that. Um, who who else is on by? I know there's someone I'm missing. Oh, and the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Christian Kirk. He's gone. Christian Kirk. Yep. He's not. He's not on. The, he's not in these rankings. Um, exactly. So there's, there's that's a like lot. Six, missing. seven guys right there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot missing. And okay. you know it's funny because we we could be missing Mike Williams and Keenan Allen too. Like you never know. Yeah. When I sent these rankings to Zach this morning, Zach was looking at it. He's like. Terry McLaurin number eight. <laughs> what is <laughs> wrong with you? I'm like, said. dude, I'm sorry. Please just look at look this over. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm having yeah. a rough morning here. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 